Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. Hey, hey, you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 14. I really can't wait for you to learn from our next guest, Laura Ball. A couple of years ago, she attended my annual virtual online social media summer camp as a camper. And today she is one of the leading experts on Facebook advertising. And I am thrilled to announce that she will be our Facebook ads camp counselor this year at social media summer camp. And you can get more information about that at campwithjen.com. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Jen. Uh, okay, so let's just jump right into Facebook ads. Why do you love Facebook ads so much? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have a love-hate relationship, I think, with Facebook ads. I do love them. You know why? Because they're super, super powerful for business owners. You know, I used to work in um, advertising, and I used to put ads in newspapers. And, uh, you know, you never know who was going to read the newspaper article. You never knew if anybody was coming in the door to buy your product or service, but with Facebook ads, I can show my ad to the perfect person. So if I have a client who comes to me and says they want to target women, uh, Christian women who um, are, are like yoga who live in San Francisco, I can build an ad and I can run it to those specific people. So I think the, the most powerful tool, the most powerful aspect of Facebook ads is that it's so targetable. You can really show your ad to the right person and it's the most cost effective. I mean, I would run ads for newspapers and it would cost me, you know, $500, $1,000. But with Facebook ads, you can start low. You can start with $10 a day and test and get data back. And it tells you so much information. So I can go on and on. But I think targeting is probably the one of the most um, exciting things for me. It, well, ever since algorithm apocalypse, uh, <laughs> everybody on Facebook is reporting, you know, that their Facebook pages are dead. But honestly, they were really kind of dead anyway. Have you noticed any kind of weirdness or drop off, drop off in ads since they made the big announcement and the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff? No, not at all. You know what? I think the people who are so private and hypersensitive to their privacy are the ones that are leaving Facebook. And my philosophy is 
bye. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're really not um, understanding um, social media for marketing. When you put your content out there and you have a Facebook business page, you're, you're giving Facebook that permission to, to add, you know, to promote your business. That's the whole point. It's marketing. So, I haven't seen a decline. I've actually, you know, we've seen more of an increase in ads because with organic reach being low, uh, their posts are not being seen. So it's forcing them a little bit to put some money behind their, their advertising budget and spend some money on ads. And again, you know, trying when I talk to a business owner, you know, I tend to attract, you know, people who, you know, maybe are just starting out and they're looking for advice. And I say to them, you know, you really do have to have a budget for Facebook advertising. It's not just because we have a Facebook business page. Facebook doesn't owe us anything to promote us. We have to invest in our business and we have to put some money behind these ads if we want to be seen. So no, I think it's been, um, it's been good for advertising because it's pushing people to now hire ads managers or, or learn it themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we give that advice of, okay, you know, you really need to set aside a Facebook ads budget and people aren't really familiar with Facebook ads. They're very dubious and resistant a lot of times and, and scared, you know, like what if I put money in it and it doesn't work? And I'm just thinking of something that happened yesterday with one of my um, nonprofit clients. It was really, really tough to convince them to go down the Facebook ads route. And they, so they, they gave a minuscule amount of their, you know, tiny budget anyway. Mm -hmm. um, it was under, it was about $300, I want to say, for their total Facebook ad spend for a very big event that they were having. And we got the results yesterday. They spent $218 actually on Facebook ads and they had 20 conversions with each conversion being worth $150. Mm. 20. Uh, wow. so, you know, so they're, so now they're convinced. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. They're convinced. But all too often people will start off down the Facebook ads road and, and they'll bomb, right? And then they're like, I'm never doing this again. I just wasted a whole bunch of money. What is your advice to people who are just starting out with Facebook ads and, like they they don't know where to begin. Yeah, so I would uh, you know, if if they're working on a limited budget, I would really try to invest in some free education on Facebook ads. Learn a little bit about it. Enough to be able to maybe reach out to somebody who's learning Facebook ads, who wants to build an agency that will probably charge a little bit less or maybe do it for free and help you out um, in exchange for a testimonial or a case study. Um, but if they do want to outsource it and they do want to kind of put, um, you know, dip their toes in the water, they need to invest I, I, at least I, I'm now requiring at least a minimum of a thousand dollars a month. But um, when people are just starting out, try three hundred dollars a month for for Facebook ads. Learn if they don't want to hire someone and they can't find somebody to do it on a, you know, kind of like a testimonial basis for free or a trial period. Learn a little bit about, you know, take a basic Facebook ads course. There's tons of free content out there and invest about $300 to do some testing. I always say that there, there is no failed campaign. If they have the basics and they're, they're running ads with a little bit of a strategy behind so they know the difference between boosting a post and running a conversion ad. That's where they're wasting their money. But if they know the basics of Facebook ads, put a couple hundred dollars to it and let Facebook give you data back because 
you might not get the exact results you want right away, but you're gaining intel and you're learning more about who is responding to your ads and who isn't responding to your ads. And that helps you hone in on your ideal avatar. If you don't try it, you're never going to know. And I know it's scary to invest money in something where it's kind of like, throwing spaghetti to a wall and seeing what sticks. But if you don't do it, you're never going to know. And they can truly be very powerful the more and more you do it. But it requires practice. It really does. I've been doing this for a few years, and I'm still learning all new things and how to target and other other tricks to try to to get my ad seen. It's a it's a big combination of targeting and your image and your ad copy. You, you know, there's so many different elements. So knowing the basics and don't go don't go in blind um, because you can waste a lot of money if you know the basics. You know, you grab a, a a mini course or a blog post or or some kind of free content to learn a little bit more about Facebook ads, you'll be starting off a little bit better. So that's probably what I would recommend. Yeah. And I I really love what you said about there are no failed campaigns because at the bare minimum, you're going to get a little practice. But on top of that, you're you're definitely going to get some data that's going to help you the next the next time you you go in. So um, I love that. You're exactly right. Yeah. Let's talk about boosted posts. So I actually have always told people like, don't boost a post. Like it's, there's so many better, you know, there's a, there's so much of a better way to do things. But the other day I looked at a boosted post and I'm like, wait, like you can pretty much do all the things, not all the things, but you could do a lot right here from the boosted post in terms of targeting. What do you say? What is your answer to people when they ask about boosted posts? I felt the same way. Um, about a year ago, I felt the same way about boosted posts because it was very limited. It didn't provide a lot of, opportunities to target and things like that. It's getting a lot better, but I still feel that if you're boosting posts, don't just boost them willy-nilly because that is not a strategy. You know, pressing that little blue button is not going to do anything for you if you're looking for somebody to opt into a freebie or to, you know, get to your sales page. You have to have a full strategy before diving into Facebook ads. So think about your end, you know, result. What goals do you want? Because if you're, if you have a great post on your, your Facebook page and it's talking about, you know, opting in for your freebie and you boost it, you're going to show it to people who are likely to engage in that post, but not necessarily people who are going to convert because that's what Facebook has designed that ad objective for. Engagement is to get likes, clicks, shares, comments, reactions. And when you want somebody to take action and actually hand over their name and email, you want to run a conversion ad because that's going to show it within your audience. It's going to show it to the people who are likely to, to do that. It knows a lot about me. It knows a lot. It knows it likes that I like funny cat videos and puppies and kittens and things like that. So Facebook knows a lot about me. It knows what I do. And whether we like that or not, it's a fact. If you're on Facebook, it is, you know, kind of keeping it, keeping tabs on what you do. And that helps the algorithm. So within your audience that you build, it's going to cherry pick the people who are going to opt in. So when it comes to boosting, I don't have a problem with it as much anymore because 
yes, you can get lots of social proof on it. You can get eyeballs on it. And if that's the goal, then go to town. But you can do it inside Ads Manager as well. You don't have to just press that boost button. Um, you can go into Ads Manager, pull that ad um, in and, you know, that post in and run it through Ads Manager. And it just allows you to get more, a little bit more, you know, data back and kind of track it a little bit better. So because we don't get any pixel action when we when we boost, right? Yeah, you're not, you're just, it's just engagement. So you're getting, you're getting, con, you know, information back on who liked it and who shared it and who, you know, commented on it and things like that. You know, the re, you're getting more um, data on reach and who, you know, kind of how big the audience was that saw it and things like that. Laura, for, for our listeners who are really, you know, newbies at Facebook advertising and, and don't know a lot about it, can you talk a little bit about what retargeting is and you know, some of the uh, fantastic features or possibilities that are available to us with retargeting and the pixel and that stuff? Yeah, yeah. So the Facebook pixel is, I'll kind of break it down. It's just code. It's it's HTML code that you put onto your website and landing pages, and it will track the people who visit that page. And it puts them, I like to say, little buckets. It puts them in little buckets. And inside Facebook, you can create lots of buckets. So you can create people, uh, an audience of people who land on a specific blog post or watch a video on your, on your website. So the, the beauty about that is that you're sending traffic to your website. It's collecting the data. And I mean, I think now it's, people have to see something seven times before they take an action on it. So the beauty of retargeting is that when you're sending them there, you're capturing them and you're able to run another ad to those people who clicked on that first ad. So you're retargeting them. You're, you're showing them another ad to remind them, Hey, you know, you checked out my blog post. Do you want to opt in for my freebie? So the beauty of retargeting again, and it goes back to having a strategy is if you're brand new you want to probably focus on getting some awareness about your business and your brand. So you want to run some ads that are driving traffic to your website or to your landing page where people are just consuming content. They're learning about you. They're learning what you can teach them and you're becoming an authority on whatever topic you, you talk about. Then in the background, you're building a custom audience of the people who went to that page. So when you're ready to start list building, or maybe you're running a webinar down the road, you can take that custom audience and run a new ad to just those people. So again, your budget is going to the people who only raised their hand and said, yes, I want to learn more about what you're, you're offering. So you're not wasting budget on people who are just not interested. That's why retargeting is really, really powerful. It keeps it top of mind. Now, I do want to say that people put a lot of faith in Facebook ads to sell their product. And that is not the goal of Facebook ads. Facebook ads will drive leads into your business, but your funnel is what's going to really convert them. Facebook ads and retargeting ads are keeping it top of mind. It's saying, oh, I remember seeing an email from Laura about her, you know, course or whatever. You know, when they see an ad on on their Facebook page, oh yeah, I remember I need to go back to that. It's keeping it fresh in their minds. You're, you're, you know, getting in front of their face again, because again, it takes a while for that relationship to build, especially if you're working with a cold audience. 
Great explanation. Thank you so much. Um, all right. What I want to, I want to dig into your brain about what, like, what are you, what are you doing right now that is really exciting you? Like, are there any new strategies that you've learned, uh, whether it's with retargeting or custom audiences or, I don't know anything that you're just super excited about. I know it, it seems like every time I turn around, I, you know, I'm learning a new tactic. Yeah. You know, Facebook, it's, it's ongoing. And I think that's what frustrates people a lot about Facebook ads. There's, there's always something new to try, but that's good. You know, you, you're, you're able to learn from, from different things. So if you are willing to invest some money in Facebook ads and take the time to test different things, um, a lot of the different things that I've been testing lookalike audiences are doing really, really, really well for me. I just, I go straight for that. And you can build lookalike audiences of people who visit your website of buyers, people who've bought your course or product before, um, fans of your Facebook page. And what a lookalike audience is, it is based off of a seed audience. So whether that be your email list or website traffic, it will take that audience. Customers. Customers is killer for my latest client. (laughs) It is awesome. Yeah. So she had 300 buyers, which is a small amount, you know, and I was a little hesitant to even test this, but it killed it. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. So yeah, a lookalike audience will take that seed audience and find new people that have similar attributes to the people who are in that seed audience. And I like to start with lookalikes if I have some data to work with, with the client, because it's better than it's not dead cold, like a, like you're targeting people who like yoga or Gary V or, you know, whatever. It's not dead cold. It's got a little bit more like juice to it where it's, it's, it's finding those attributes of those people. So lookalikes are working really well. Okay. A couple of things, but would you, you would, would you start with the lookalike? You'd start with the warm audience first, then lookalike or no? You're going straight and lookalike. No, it depends on the strategy. So if we're, um, you know, if they don't have a list, um, and they don't have any warm audiences, I can't make a lookalike. So I'm working with dead cold people. Um, you know, so I'm working with that's interest. right, Laura. Yeah. Dead cold. <laughs> I mean, maybe you need another vocation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good phrase. Okay, so I'm working with a cold audience. Um, but, it, you know, if we're list building and let's say they have a list, I don't want to run it to, I don't want to run ads to their list because they're already on their list. But I can run it, I can create then a lookalike audience of their list and run and run it. Now, if you're doing a webinar and um, you want to, you definitely want to target your list, your warm audience, warm audience, meaning your list, your Facebook fans, people who've, you know, visited your website, you definitely want to run them, but you want to make sure you exclude any people who've already purchased from you so that you're not hitting the people who are already customers. So yes, the first start is, you know, depending on the strategy, we start warm. Then I kind of move into lookalike audiences and then I go to debt dead cold. <laughs> then I get to, <laughs> then I go to cold audiences. Um, so that's kind of the way, but again, it depends on, you know, on the strategy and what we're doing. But I, when somebody comes to me and says they have like, you know, an email list and they have lots of Facebook, I'm, I love that. That's, that's cause I have something to work with there. Right. Well, I, I listened to Rick Mulready uh, recently and I, I know that you're a student of his mm-hmm. and I want to know if you've tried this tactic that he, that he spoke about and and this was really surprising to me. So when we use lookalike audiences, I've always said, 
you know, drag that little bar all the way over to the left because it's going to give you a minimum audience usually of about 2 million people. So those 300 people you uploaded, if you scroll that little bar over to the left, it's going to be about 2 million people from those from those 300 for your lookalike. He said that they're having great luck lately dragging that a little more to the right. Mm. Um, and I always thought that that made, that would make the audience less alike than, and le- less alike than it is if you just narrow it down more. Yeah. And he said that they're having a ton of luck. What, how do you do it? Do you do it all the way to the left or have you tried it his way? Yeah, I've tried it. I've tried it his way. Um, so what you do is you make a 1% lookalike of, let's say, an email list. Then you make a 2% uh, lookalike of an email list and exclude that 1%. So when you bring it into your, your ad set, you're saying, okay, target the people, t- target that 2% lookalike audience, but take out that 1% because I just want to get that other 1% of that 2% audience. Does that make sense? No, well, kind of, it probably does, but say it again. It's kind of, I, yeah, it's, it. so you want to, you want to, you're going to go wider, but you're going to exclude that first 1%. So you're not over. How do you do that? How do you exclude, exclude the first 1%? So when you, um, you build the two audiences, so you'll, you'll make a, a lookalike and you'll go to that, you'll stay to the right, you'll, or you'll stay to the left and you'll go to the 1%. So you build that audience. Then you create another lookalike audience, but scroll it to the right a little bit to make it, 2%, make it bigger. Okay. And then, so now you have two lookalike audiences. So when you go into your ad set level to do your targeting area, you're going to pull in the custom audience for 2%. And then at the bottom underneath, there's a little exclude button, like where you would exclude, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to exclude your list or your buyers, you're going to exclude that 1% so that it's not, you're not over, you're not kind of like pulling in that, that, kind of first bar of people. So you're just getting that. It, it's kind of like the, the high, I can't really, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. It's probably easy to show you, but um, you're, you're getting that just one, you're getting that 1% of that 2% audience, but not that first 1%. So you know what I'm saying? Like, no, yes, I love it. I'm so excited. This is the kind of juicy stuff that I just like love yeah. because how random. Like, yeah. because you just feel like, all right, well, why don't I just scroll out of the, all the way to the left? Doesn't that, doesn't that do the exact same thing as opposed to excluding 1% when I go into exclusions? But it's like, well, I don't know. I guess not. Like it's working for them. And yeah, you know, it, it is. And I mean, you have, you definitely have to test it. And, and one thing with testing and, and, and hearing what people are, what people are doing you have to test it. It might not work for your audience because mm-hmm. I tested it for my client and it did not work. The the 1% did way better than the 2% with the excluded 1%. So, but again, it's a matter of testing. And a, a lot, I think that's, again, that's the frustrating thing with Facebook ads. People don't want to hear that. They don't want to test. They just want, tell me what is going to get right. me people on my list. And I can't tell them that because we don't know. We have to test it. And so... It's, it's kind of like a vicious cycle, but yeah, I, um, he had mentioned that I tried that didn't work for my client, but it doesn't mean I won't try it for another client or it doesn't mean I won't try it again, you know, because what, what works one time might not, might not work the second time. So you just, you have to keep testing things. So did you ever try, did you ever try doing a 2% audience without an exclusion? 
Yes, I did. I did a how did one, that how did that go? No, not good. Not good. Um, the one percent mm-hmm. and the lookalike of buyers did the best the, for for her audience. That that was what did the best. So I mean, it could be dependent on the seed audience. I mean, Rick Mulready probably has a nice big email list, so he's working off of a a, a bigger seed audience. So the more mm-hmm. people that you're giving to Facebook and saying, "Find me new people." the better quality lookalike they'll make. So if I go in and I try to build a lookalike of a hundred people, you could try it, but it might not be a very good quality list. Like you might, you might get the low hanging fruit. His seed audience is probably a lot bigger. So he's giving, you know, more data to Facebook to work with. Totally makes sense. And that is the thing. There are so many variables, um, you know, and you just sort of have to check out every chink in the chain Um, as you go along. Okay. I have a couple of things I don't want to forget to ask you. So I got so excited the other day because Mari Smith reported that we could boost our scheduled live streams Mm. and I have an upcoming launch and I was like, yes, I am so excited. This is perfect. And no, I don't have it. And Mm. I had a couple of other, a couple of other people I know who also have verified pages and uh, they were not able to do that. Do you know anything about that? Have you been able to do that? Facebook is the the king of rolling things out whenever they want. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a lot of different features that people have that other people do, do not have. For instance, I think you have it in your Facebook group where you can make announcements and, you know, several different announcements. There's a, a new feature where you can make your Facebook page um, like a course where I, I, oh, I forget the name. I think yeah, with units and with stuff. Units. It's called you change the, you go into yes. settings and change it to social learning. Social learning. Yeah, social yeah. learning. So there's a lot of things that Facebook roll out periodically and they do it because they, they're doing it to test test it to see if it's if people are responding well to it and then they kind of slowly roll it out to other pages so it's just like all of a sudden you can come onto facebook and be able to boost in your group and then some days you can't it's just there is no rhyme or reason that i know of i just know that things kind of roll out periodically so you gotta have to wait a little bit (laughs) yeah that's so not my i know i know (laughs) so i have a question also oh or another question And that is, what if you have a Facebook ad and it's going great? Everything is going great. And uh, let's say it's not your, it's not your custom list. It's you, you're targeting all the people who follow Amy Porterfield, who are female, who are this age, who live in the United States. So that's your, you're targeting Mm -hmm. that group and it's going great. And so for like two weeks, you're getting conversion, conversion, conversion. And it's a huge audience. And then all of a sudden, Nothing like cricket. Yeah. Um, and you know that you haven't exhausted your audience because the audience is showing you, you know, 500,000 people. What's, what's up with that? And what do you do when that happens? I generally will work on, I'll look at the stats and see if I'm, you know, if I look at the numbers and tell, have them tell me what to do. So if it's a big audience and the click through rate is under 1%, and that's the click through rate for the link, not click through rate all. There's a lot of different numbers in there. Um, that's telling me people aren't clicking on the ad. So that means maybe I need to freshen up the image. Maybe I need to freshen up the headline, change that out. Maybe I need to change the text a little bit in the, in the ad copy to see if that kind of 
boosts, you know, kind of boosts it back up. The other thing you can do is duplicate the ad at the ad set and start it again, kind of give it a jump start um, to see if it kind of moves back into the algorithm. You can maybe start with maybe $5 more to give it a little bit more, you know, money to play with. So it's kind of cherry picking those people. So that tends to happen, but I try to look at the numbers and let them tell me what what to do next. But it is it is frustrating, um, especially when it's a big audience. Um, and as far as big, you know, targeting the people like Amy Porterfield, Marie Forleo, don't forget, you're also competing with everybody else who is targeting those pages. So sometimes we have to get a little creative on our targeting. If we're working with cold audiences, I always, I really, I feel like a ninja when I'm like working with a client on targeting, because I'm like, I want you to sit there and I want you to think about your ideal client. And I want you to think about what problem do they have? What, what issue are they struggling with? Like for me, people struggle with the Facebook picture. So I know that's a problem. So I want to give them a, a quick win. I want to give them a, a, a you know, I want to solve that problem. So let's say I have a lead magnet on how to install your Facebook pixel. Well, where are they going to get that information? Okay, so yes, they're probably following Mari Smith and Amy Porterfield, but what other tools do they use in their business that that, that might align with needing help with digital marketing and Facebook ads and things like that? Well, maybe they follow pages like Infusionsoft or Udemy or MailChimp or ConvertKit or, you know, things like that. So those are tools that they use in their business every day. They might follow those pages. So you kind of have to think outside the box a little bit because you're, you know, Facebook is like an auction. So you're, you're competing against other people to get your ads seen. And, and a lot of these people are working with really big budgets. So, you know, you have to kind of think outside the box a little bit and get a little creative with your targeting uh, before kind of going straight to the Amy Porterfield, Marie Forleo people. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a, that's, that's very important to mention. And then also what's very frustrating to me is that there are people whose audience I desperately want to target and they, mm, they don't pop yep. up oh, I know. for pages and they don't pop up. And I just, you know, and I will periodically go back in and see like, are they there? You know, have they popped up? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. It's no? very, very frustrating. And um, that's again, something that uh, what Facebook hasn't indexed that page. Like you would think, and I think a lot of people think, well, um, either one, they think it's a conspiracy <laughs> or two, <laughs> um, they think, um, they, they don't understand that they're like, well, Melanie Duncan, she has like, you know, a gazillion fans. Why isn't her page targetable? Um, it's not based on size. It's just what, how F Facebook indexes those pages and you just have to kind of wait. And now with the whole, Cambridge Analytica thing, they are removing some targeting um, interest. So when you go into your ads manager, if you have a custom audience or a saved audience in there that's already built, you might have like a little uh, message at the top of your screen that says we've removed some targeting. You can go back in there and it will tell you which interests or Facebook pages they've pulled out and are no longer targetable. And again, I don't, I, I don't know why. Like there's one, there's one Facebook page that a friend uses. It's called the Middle Finger Project. And so they removed that. And it's not a bad, it, it's a, it's a digital marketing agency, I think. So it's mm -hmm. just, that just happens to be their name and they've removed that. So the only thing we can think of is that, you know, they don't like Middle Finger or whatever, you know. So they are getting a little, it's, it's getting a little bit, 
harder to target those pages because they're pulling things out. And and then some of the other ones are just not targetable. Rick Mulready's not targetable. I tried. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it just, yeah, it is what it is. So it's frustrating. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I remember reading um, with all this Cambridge Analytica stuff um, that I think this was announced right before the F8 conference, but I'm not positive. And uh, they announced that they were getting rid of the partner audiences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. And so we can't target behaviors, which I used to always love to do like um, uh, buying behavior. So buys, uh, buys online products. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't, I haven't tried to do that in a while. Um, I haven't launched an ad for that, but do you know if that's already gone completely? Cause that always impresses people so much too. When you say, look, uh, are you a real estate agent? You can target people who are planning to move. Yeah. You yeah. know, but that was part of that. Uh, over the next six months, they're going to be, it's, it's still there for me now. And I think it does vary by ad account because I have a lot of, um, you know, peers who live in the UK and some of the things that I still have, they don't and vice versa. So what Facebook has said is they are going to slowly start removing those, but I can, at the moment I can still target household income and, and things like that, but they are going to be removing that stuff. So yeah, again, it's getting a little bit, you know, trickier. That's why it's super important to start working on a strategy with Facebook marketing to, to be seen and to grow your email list. Because once you have an email list, you can do so much. Once you have people who visit your website and you have those custom audiences, you can do so much with them. And again, it's, it's warmer than targeting people who like, you know, cats, you know, it's, it's, it's people who've raised their hand and expressed interest and you can build those lookalikes. And that's what Facebook wants us to move towards is building those relationships with people. And by doing that, you just, you have to be seen, you have to, you know, have a strategy, post regularly, you know, post to your, to your Facebook page, run some ads, boost some posts, um, just be seen and start collecting that data in the back end. So, I mean, you can build a lookalike of people who've engaged with your page. You can be build a lookalike who've, uh, of people who've engaged with, you know, your Instagram page. So there's so many different opportunities, people who've watched videos, people who watched, you know, 25% of your videos, the, the, the capabilities are amazing. And a lot of people don't realize that they, they just go into ads manager and they're like, ah, they don't know. They're so confused. But that's why I think for, for newbies, people who are just kind of getting out, learn the basics, find a mini course, find a, you know, find somebody to maybe help you hire somebody for an hour to kind of do a, a training with you and show you the important things. Invest, invest in it, invest in it. If you want to be on Facebook, you have to invest in it. So. I couldn't agree more. Very good, very good advice. And I hope they would never do anything like retroactively with the audiences that we have built. That would be really, really horrible. Um, I just thought of that as you were, as you were talking. I'm like, wow, I've built some pretty stellar audiences based on video views and email lists that, that I've imported and lookalikes and all those things. Like I, I hope they don't, I hope they don't mess with that. Let me ask you this. When I duplicate an ad because I, well, I always duplicate my ads from the ad set level. And then the only thing that I change is who I'm targeting. Mm -hmm. So I leave the budget the same. I leave the country and the age and all those demographics the same. But wh whoever I'm targeting or whatever I'm targeting, I just change that. And I might duplicate it like 20 times. And then I just keep a Hawkeye on those ads and turn turn off the ones that aren't working and then put more budget behind the ones that are. That's always been sort of my my MO. Mm -hmm. And so I never split test creatives. 
unless I just start completely from scratch with a new campaign because I don't really know how to do that. So is there, I don't want to get too in the weeds and I don't want to lose all of our listeners right now, <laughs> but, but I am curious, like, is that how you also do it or do you split test from the creative end? So there's two there. It's so funny you said that because I'm in a Facebook ad coaching program and there's, I think it's personal preference, and I think it also depends on the client that I'm working with. If the client has no idea who who to target and we, we need to find where they are, then I might start with duplicating ad sets and, and testing the audiences first. So I'll work with one image and one ad copy and the same headline, so everything's the same. But for my pet photographer, I might test, because I've worked with her before, I kind of know what audiences are working, then I'll test images because, again, she's a photographer, and so her images are awesome. And so I'll test different images and see if one image is getting more traction than the other. So it, it really does depend. And, and when you do test, whatever way you go, just make sure you're doing the way you're doing it is you're testing one thing at a time, and you're not making a change to the audience. And then and also changing the headline because then you're never going to know what was mm-hmm. the, what was the 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 factor that what made it better or worse was it the headline or was it you know the the audience so it really does I, does depend with with the standard graphic sort of ad um, when there's text above it there's I've always heard really two very different ideas on that, on the copy that I've seen some people say you should write basically a blog post with all the information um, up above. I mean, it's going to get cut off anyway, mm-hmm. but when people click in, they should be able to see all the information. And then I've heard other people say, no, just like just a few sentences is enough. What What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I go back to testing it both, but I think from what the way I was taught, the way I learned is that if you're working with a cold audience of people who don't know you, longer text seems to convert better because they're, they're on Facebook and they have all this information, this, this long copy. So they're getting to know you a little bit better because they're like, Oh, look at this image. Who, who is this person? So they're reading all of that great content. And then you're sending them to a landing page where they're just opting in. But if it's a warm audience of people who already know you, they recognize you in the newsfeed, then shorter copy can work better because they don't need to be sold. They already know you. They already have a relationship mm-hmm. with you. So it kind of depends. But if you're work, you know, if you're, if you're just kind of starting out, you might want to test. I, I tend to prefer short copy because I don't have time for reading all those blog posts. But and again, it depends on, you know, depends on the person. But, you know, if you're working with my first response would be test both and and run it for three days and spend, you know, five bucks a day on each of those and see which one performs better. And then my second thing is, okay, well, do you have a cold audience or a warm audience? If it's cold and you don't have the budget to test, you know, length cold audience go with a longer, longer format text and a warm audience go with a shorter um, text. Love it. Okay. Um, this is pretty much uh, my last cl- question, unless something else <laughs> pops into my head while you're talking. Because honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I could talk about <laughs> Facebook too. ads all day long. Um, okay. So business manager. Okay. I have not, well, first of all, I don't really do Facebook ads for clients. I teach Facebook ads, but I don't go in and do Facebook ads for clients. So I haven't really felt the need for business manager. So I, I, and I've been afraid because, you know, whenever I hear one horror story, (laughs) 
And I, you know, and there's so much at stake with Facebook and my business that I'm like so afraid of something bad happening, you yeah. know? And so I have not made the switch, but I recently saw something John Loomer said, or it was a, I don't know if it was a webinar. I don't remember, but I know it came out of his mouth and it was basically like, like it's a no brainer and you should already be on business. You should be, have business manager by now. Like it's no big deal. It's a great thing. And just, you should do it. And, um, and I think, yeah. So what do you think about business uh, manager? Are you using I it? I am. Yes. I'm using business manager and I resisted and I fought it, fought it, fought it. And the only reason why I'm using it is because I have clients and it, it takes the noise out of, you know, because again, once you start adding pages to your person or to your, you know, to your page, like that you become friends with someone and then they add you as an admin on their page, you start seeing all of their notifications. And that just drives mm-hmm. me up a wall. So mm-hmm. the beauty of business manager is that you don't see that. It's you, you go into business manager. When you log into Facebook as an ads manager, I'm in there every day. So I log straight into business manager. I don't see any notifications. I mean, it'll be a little like bell at the top, but I don't look at them because it's all my client stuff. Um, and I don't really need to see, you know, somebody's liking a page or liking the ad. I don't need to really keep an eye on that. If you're just, it's just yourself. I, I'm not, you know, they say Facebook wants you to have business manager. I, I don't agree. I mean, I think if it's just you, I don't think you need to. As long as you just kind of go into your settings and you can hide the notifications from those people, that, those pages that you're their admin on, um, it doesn't bother me. I don't think, it, yes, it's, it's, it's not as complicated as, as people think. And yes, there are, it's, it's kind of clunky when you're trying to get somebody to either add you, um, into their business manager or you're trying to pull them into your business manager. It's kind of a pain in the neck because the average business owner or entrepreneur doesn't understand business manager. They're like, what, what, where is, I don't know where to go and blah, blah, you know, so. If you're not working with clients, I, I don't see the need for it. But that's my personal opinion. <laughs> you, well, that's I'm like, yay! I don't need to do it now because Laura said <laughs> I don't have to. So, so that was great. But then, as you were talking, I just remembered another reason, another incentive for me to do it is that um, there's somebody who I'm an affiliate for once a year, sometimes twice a year, and if they will, let's see, they track your Facebook ads. You can only advertise with them if you're, if you have the, have business manager, basically. And because I don't understand how business manager works, I don't really get it. Like, I don't really even know what I'm saying right now. I just know that there was a, there was something to do with like ads and this campaign and I'm missing out. Huh. And I was like, ah, uh. so like, I guess, I guess they could track conversions, right? Because as an affiliate, I get a percentage of the mm-hmm. sales. So they could track the conversions if I, if I was in business manager. So that was a requirement. I think that has to do with sharing the, sharing their pixel. But now with everything that's going on with the data breach, I, I want to say I vaguely remember like they're not going to be allowing people to do that. So, I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't know, but the, but yeah, but for so, so for someone like you, if that is the case, then yeah, you can move over into business manager and I can walk you through that. It's not a, it, you'll get it. I mean, it's not that hard to do. And the beauty of it is once you do have business manager, you can still go in the regular way. Like those don't disappear. It's not like you, you lose everything in the other part. 
so you can still go in that way as well. Um, but yeah, that might that might be the case or might have been the case, but I don't know. I don't know enough about it to speak about it. That was super helpful, and I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better yeah. about it. Uh, so th- <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Very much. Um, all right, Laura. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I would love for our listeners to be able to find you and learn more from you because you are just a wealth of information and not to mention like super nice. <laughs> so people, people need to get to know Laura Ball. If you don't already know Laura, where can people yeah, find you? Yeah, they can go to my website, lauraball.co, C-O. And I have a Facebook group, Facebook uh, Facebook ad community for uh, infopreneurs. So um, you can find my Facebook group right from my website though. But yeah, like my page, shoot me a message. If you have any questions, feel free to just, you know, send me a message. I'm happy to answer them for you. And I'll, I'll put all the links down Great. below in the awesome. show notes. So we'll be cool. cool. Laura, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem, it. Jen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today. And you'll find all of Laura's links and transcripts of this episode at jenlaner.com forward slash 14. And you need to spell that out. F-O-U-R-T-E-E-N. So jenlaner.com forward slash 14. And also, did you know that I do Alexa flash briefings Monday through Friday? If you add the front row entrepreneur flash briefing to your Alexa skills, and in fact, you could just tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, add the front row entrepreneur flash briefing and it will. And the next time you tell Alexa to play your flash briefings, you'll hear a really short three to four minute update from me with all the latest news in online marketing and social media. See you next time.